all my life, you have been faithful. Wow. <laughs> powerful, powerful. Amen. Thank you, Sister Val. Amen. Her sickness trying to hinder her, but she come on anyway. And thank God for the presence of the Lord. Amen. He is a good God. We uh, talked last week about kind of being a soldier. And um, I had some other, I, yesterday when I was here studying and praying in my office, I, I was going one direction and uh, had some things lined out. And uh, when I got here this morning, everything began to change. And uh, so we're going to pick up where we left off last Sunday because the Holy Spirit said he wasn't done with this. And uh, we, we are living in a, in, a, in a time, a precarious time, and yet a, a blessed time. It all depends on what you want to look at. Amen. You can live in fear and anxiety thinking everything's going bad and everything's getting worse. Or you can look at what God's doing and say, man, this is an awesome time to be alive because God is working powerfully in our lives. And, and God has plans. Everybody say with me, God has plans. God has plans. Amen. Praise God. For years, for years we heard the book of Revelation. I've said this before. We've heard, heard the book of Revelations preached on Daniel and Ezekiel and and it was, it was preached in, in, in a way that it just made you feel like the devil was going to take over and throw God off the throne and everything was going down and our only hope was, a, you know, an escape route and, and uh, you know, we, we didn't have any hope and people just, just didn't have any hope for the future and it got to where in the uh, 60s and 70s and early 80s, it's, it's like the, the church decided that they needed to just kind of hunker down and wait for Jesus to come and not do anything. There was people didn't go to college because they, they felt like it's all over with. They could have been to college several times by now. Amen. People didn't progress in life because they just didn't feel like there was any reason, any hope. I got to tell you something. The church should be the very, very essence of hope. We should be the people out there saying, hey, God's in control. God's doing this. I got to tell you something. God wrote the book of Revelations. He is in control. He is in charge. He tells the Antichrist and the beast system when they can go and what they can do and how long they can stay. And I'm on his side. Amen. I'm on his side. Thank God. I'm looking, I'm looking for Jesus to come back any time. I'm ready any time. But i got to tell you something. I'm not going to spend my time thinking about that because he's given us a job to do in this earth. We are to be an influence in the world, not people that cow down and run from every little trial and every little thing that comes. We cannot be fainting goats. Amen. If I wasn't afraid I'd hurt myself, I'd, I'd imitate a fainting goat right now. I did that one day when I was preaching. I just, I just felt, some of y'all remember, I just fell down my hands and legs sitting straight up just... They, the fainting, fainting goats, anytime something scares them or startles them or anything like that, they just fall over and they just, you know, they just faint. And we cannot be that way as children of God because we've got a challenge. We've got a courage. We've got a battle. Amen. 
<laughs> Amen. Whining, whimpering things, we, we just got to stand up. Amen. I don't know why I'm coming on so tough already. Good night. Praise God. I'm actually a nice person. I wasn't when I first started preaching. I was mean as a, as a snake when I first started preaching. I could have got Mother Teresa to answer her, an altar call. I mean, there, I, I, could, I preached it hard, and uh, I, I was extremely, I could be very mean in my preaching. Amen. I remember Sue Hooten was a young adult teacher. Thank you for being here today. She was a young adult teacher. She went around one day saying, asking each one, what do you, what, what do you think? What do you want from God? What do you want God to do? What do you need from God? Come to me. And I laugh about this every little bit when I remember it. Come to me, and I said, you know, I think I need more of the fruits of the Spirit. And before I could get that out of my mouth, Sister Sutton said, oh, yes, Jesus. Oh, yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, honey. That's what, <laughs> that's what she said. Yes, honey. <laughs> Give it to him, Lord. Pressed down, shaking together and running over. <laughs> it's not easy making the transition from the oil fields to preaching, to being a pastor. Because thing, things are handled totally different. <laughs> oh, man. In the oil fields, if there was a disagreement, whoever was standing when the dust settled got their way. All right. That don't work very good when you're a pastor. Ephesians chapter 6, start with verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. But Paul started that out by saying, stand, or when be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He went on to say, stand therefore, in verse 14, stand therefore. Everybody say, stand therefore. Sometimes all you can do is just stand. Things, things aren't going very good. You don't, you, there's nowhere to go. You just got to stand there. Amen. Stand strong. Just refuse to move. Y'all know how to do that. I've seen you do that with your husbands and wives. I'm, you, you know how to do that. Stand still. Stand therefore. Amen. Stand therefore. Praise God. When y'all, some of you ladies really know how to do that. I like this look. When you see that look on your wife's face, you might want to reconsider which direction you're going here. Okay? Because they have decided to stand. That's just free. I'm just tossing that out there for you. In the Passion Translation, uh, I love the way it's 
stated in the Passion Translation. He says, now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength. Oh, I like that. Through your life union with the Lord Jesus, <laughs> stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. I like that. Amen. I like whoever wrote this Passion Translation understood me because they put it in words that, that kind of sound like me. What I like. I mean, stand, therefore. It's in the explosive power flowing in and through you. Paul wasn't saying just try to hang on. I know you're beat down, washed over, wore out, but just try to hang in there. He said, no, I want you to stand in the explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings. We have to remind ourselves that all the time. But with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer, for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Oh, I like the way that's stated. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. We fight as ones having already won. That's a, that's a position we need to come from. We fight as someone who has already won. We have victory in Christ. Now, the victory doesn't always save you from it feeling the impact of the battle. Amen. I got to really try to focus here. I feel the drill sergeant coming up, and I can't go there. I can. We might. We today, we, we want to avoid conflict. And with our brothers and sisters in Christ, that is what we need to do. Amen. Avoid conflict. I don't know about you, but I've, I've had all the conflict in the house of God I want to deal with. Matter of fact, I don't deal well with it anymore. I used, I used to be able to deal with that very calmly, you know, very, very calmly. I, I didn't get shook up anymore. If you want to bring up some conflict, my first question is usually going to be, do you really want to do this? Because I don't have much patience for it anymore. Toxicity is not acceptable in my realm. Amen. So you need to come into my world because I'm not coming into your toxic world. Amen. That's how, that's how the attitude we need to have when we're walking in life. Amen. This is my atmosphere, not yours. Praise God. Come on, somebody. 
I'm talking to you. You need, you need to grab hold of that. Praise God. I was talking to our staff this morning about that, about how you've got to learn that when you step forward, especially to minister, you don't step into the atmosphere around you. You step out and you become the atmosphere. That where everybody comes in your atmosphere. Amen. That way you can be surrounded by devils and they have to bow down and listen to you preach. Amen. Hallelujah. If they, if they can't, they'll take off running. They'll get out of there. I, m- I remember in Africa, we was sitting in a, in a church waiting for people to show up. We got there early. Wasn't a whole lot of people there. And so we were just up front in front of the church. It's just dirt floor and, and uh, you know, sticks and twigs that had plaster on them and a banana leaf roof and just a rough setting. And we were sitting there waiting for people to show up, and they slowly started coming in. And Sister Betty got up. There was a bunch of ladies come in sitting over on this side. Sister Betty got up and headed back that direction. And when she got close to that, to those ladies, this one lady jumped up and started screaming and took off running across the church and ran right into the wall. I mean, it hit the wall and bounced off. And I looked at the pastor, and he goes, demon. <laughs> demon. And I thought, well, we need to deal with this. Well, I didn't have to because some, some of the mothers of the church went over there and pinned this young lady down and prayed for her until she was free right there in the church. Amen. When, when they come into your atmosphere, they, you don't have to deal with their atmosphere. It is your atmosphere. Amen. I'm going to have to get back up here. Praise God. <laughs> Why? Because you carry the atmosphere of heaven. Not your person, not your personality, but the atmosphere of heaven walks with you and comes with you. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Impact. Impact. We stand against the wiles of the enemy, the strategies of the devil. And there are battles. There are things that are going to happen. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. Book of 1 Peter chapter 4. Got it up there already. Verse 12. Beloved, do not think it's strange. Concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Amen. You ever read that verse? Beloved, think it not strange, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. We, we are going to be confronted in our life with opposition, with challenges, with, uh, with confusion. There's all kinds of strategies that the devil want to bring against you. And a lot of times, we just get wore down from it. How many, how many just feel wore down once in a while? You just get to feel wore down. You think, why? Why do I feel wore down? Well, because you have been walking against the current. 
There's current all the time. We talked about that last Sunday. Learning to walk in the current. It's always going to be trying to take your feet out from under you. It, it could be, it could be just, just atmospheres that you're around all the time. It could be people that are, that are vocally against you or, or always picking at you about stuff or, or negative. When you're around people that are negative all the time, it can just wear you down and, and, and they infect you if you're not careful. And before you know it, you're negative. You can get around somebody that has a <coughs> angry, irritable spirit and think, wow, they're angry. And 30 minutes later, you're thinking angry thoughts. Why? Because it'll infect you. But we have to understand where it's coming from. We have to understand what it is and know that, that we don't have to succumb to that. And then there are obvious trials. There's, there's things that aren't just things that we feel or sense. There's actual physical opposition that you go through. There will be times when, when you literally have people come against you because of who you are because of the stand that you take. And if we, if we just crumble every time that happens, then what, is, what are we going to be able to accomplish? What are we going to be able to do when people disagree with us? We, we need to be people that don't, that, that don't feel defeated or don't feel like the victim. I am so tired of Christian victimization. We are not victims. I'm going to say that again. We are not victims. We are victorious. Amen. Okay. I'm, I don't want to blow in, blow up, and blow out here today. I just I want to try to focus. We, if, if you begin to take the attitude, and, and if you say this, I don't want you, well, I do want you to change. I want you to stop. I'm under attack. That is an awful statement. Why? Because of the position. You have just declared a position. You are declaring yourself to be under a dominant force. I am under attack. I hear people say that all the time. Christians are always saying, I'm under attack from the devil. Oh, we we got to stop saying that. Because you are not under, you are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Amen. You are the victor, not the victim. And we've got to take our position as the victor and realize that even when the devil is coming at us with all he has, we are still not under attack. We are experiencing opposition, but our position is always seated in heaven in Christ Jesus, and we are always above what is ever attacking us. Start saying it like this, you know, the devil's caused me a lot of foot pain. I'm having painted my feet because the devil's attacking me. Why? Because the Bible says he's under your feet. Amen. Praise God. He's causing my feet to hurt because I'm on top of him. Amen. I, I've got victory over him. 
Sometimes stomping the devil under your feet will cause you to have foot pain. Amen. We are, we are, we are people that if we start thinking that stuff like this is some strange thing, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is as, as though some strange thing happened. There are all types of things we battle in our life. We battle physical problems. We battle spiritual problems, mental problems. We, we battle uh, relational problems. We, we, battle, we battle problems of doubt, problems of guilt, problems of, of resentment, problems of anger, all types of things. We battle these things because we are human living in a natural world with a supernatural presence inside of us that has taken us to victory, but our human side is always feeling the oppression and the problems of the natural world, but we've got to rest in the spiritual inside of us and realize that the intrinsic energy of the very presence of God is alive inside of you, and there's a chemical reaction taking place by the power of God inside of you that disperses infinitely the power of God out of you to where you are impacting the world around you, not being impacted by the world around you. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 2. We... Uh, Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be to God. This is Paul. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. What I was just talking about. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we diffuse. We diffuse the fragrance of God. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit is bigger than you are? Aren't you glad he's more powerful than you are? Amen. I had a, I had a, a lady the other day, a secretary, one of the places that I work at, uh, was telling people, introduced me and said, this is, this is Tim. I'm just part-time electrician. But this is Tim, and, and he's a pastor, and he has such a gentle spirit. <laughs> I just kind of looked at her, and I said, thank you. I've never been told that before. What was it? It was she was feeling the one that was in me. She, she was feeling the security and the confidence of the presence of God. Amen. The security and presence of God causes people to sense something beyond who you are. Oh, that's the greatest hope we have, beyond who you are. Amen. When we, when we allow Holy Spirit to present Christ, when we allow Holy Spirit to present Jesus, then 
people begin to feel the impact of something greater than who you are, and they start associating you with what they're experiencing. Might not even be like you, naturally. But what Jesus is, is presenting. Amen. We represent or represent Jesus. He presents in us. And he said, thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph. Always. Now, this is coming from a man that didn't have an easy life. He faced a lot of challenges. And yet he said, who always leads us to triumph. Always. Not sometimes. Always. We, we refer to God as our Heavenly Father. But then we don't, we don't associate with him like a father. We associate God with somebody that is all-powerful and is supposed to meet my needs, and if he doesn't, we get upset at him. Isn't that how kids do? They, they think you're supposed to do something, you don't do it. Amen. They, they get upset at us. And I remember my boys come home from school one time, and they wasn't very old. I think Benai's about this tall. Austin was small, and Austin always backed Benai up. You know, Benai would confront me about something, and Austin was always behind him like this. <laughs> I mean, he was always there backing him up. And they come home from school one day, and I, w I was always... I was always very authoritative with, with my kids. I mean, I, and I don't apologize for that. Sometimes I was too strong, but I, I, I demanded they be respectful. I demanded they be responsible. And, and I, didn't, I didn't allow back talking. I didn't allow bad attitudes. You know, nothing like that. They, they was never, ever, ever to be disrespectful to their mama. They couldn't even make a face. If they rolled their eyes, daddy come down with horrors. Because they were, to, they were going to honor her, and they were going to treat her like the queen that she is, and, and I meant it. I, I mean, ev everything in me meant that, and I backed it up. I did not allow my boys to ever be disrespectful in our home about anything. And I might have been a little tough, but now they, they suffer from this thing called respect. They're respected on their jobs. They're respected where they go. They have respect. Why? Because I taught them that. They, they, if, if I didn't get anything else across to them, I taught them how to respect and be respected. And so they come home from school one day, and, and Benaiah says, Dad, and you know, I knew the way he said it. I knew that he had something he thought he had me on. I said, Yes. He said, they told us in school today that you can't spank us anymore. You could go to jail for spanking us. I said, is that right? He said, yeah. Of course, a lot of times I would tell them if they could, go get a, if, if they could get a better deal, I'd, I'd drive them wherever they wanted to go. 
But he said that, and, and I said, is that right? He said, yeah, that's right. You can't spank us anymore. I said, okay, I'm going to make a deal with you. I said, and making this deal, I can promise you that you will never, ever get another spanking the rest of your life. Does that sound good? He said, yeah, that sounds good. I said, okay, but you got to agree. You got to make an agreement with me. I said, you got to shake on it. I said, you ready to shake on it? You going to come in agreement with me? Yeah, boy, they, they both shook my hand. I said, all right, here's the agreement. Don't ever disobey me again, and I will never spank you again. Both of them just went. And I said, isn't that simple? Isn't that simple? Don't ever disobey me again, and, you, and I will never give you another spanking. That, that is so simple. And they didn't like that. But you know what? They had to interact with me as their father. Not just somebody they came to with wants. One of the things that causes us to be weak in our faith is we see God as somebody who's supposed to take care of our wants and our needs, but we do not see him as a heavenly father who is raising us to be his children. If we see him as a heavenly father who's raising us and he does not do what we want him to do, then we would submit to him because he's not just a God responsible for our needs like some kind of socialist government. He is a God that is responsible for raising us to be good, godly people, and he is charged with that, and he's going to raise you that way. Therefore, it means he's going to displease you at times. He's going to chastise ties you at times he's going to bless you beyond your imagination but he's not going to get let you get by with stuff well that, that doesn't preach as easy as, as name it and claim it does it where all you have to do is quote a magic scripture and god has to jump up and do whatever you want i believe god meets our needs but i do not believe that i'm in charge of god I believe God meets my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, but I do not believe that I am standing here demanding anything of God. I will not take the Bible and hold it in God's face and say you have to do it because your Bible says that is not a relationship with a heavenly father. That is a courtroom trying to force a judge to do what you want. I, I know him as my heavenly father. Therefore, I can come and sit behind beside him on his throne and talk to him about my needs and ask him about it and see what is best for me and see what I need to do and see what's going on. And when I'm mistreated, I can go to him and say, God, you know what's going on. And he will lead me through that. Doesn't mean he's always going to rescue you out of it. God doesn't always rescue us. He doesn't always just lead you around problems. Matter of fact, most of the time, he's going to grab your hand and walk you right through the middle of that problem. Amen.
when the enemy comes against you, God doesn't always just immediately relieve you of all problems. Sometimes he makes you face up to him. He makes you walk through that thing in a right way. But I got to tell you something. The devil don't want to do that because he knows that he's going to make you act right. But behind the scenes, he's going to take the devil to the woodshed. And I mean, it, it's not going to be good. Amen. He is your heavenly father. Praise God. I remember, I remember a time when one of my boys was having problems with a teacher. And this teacher was not a, not a respectable person and didn't, didn't behave in, in a good way. And so we went and had a meeting with this teacher. And, uh, and I brought his one, one of my boys, and I, I took him in there. And we had a meeting, a respectful meeting. And I demanded that they behave themselves and act respectful in this meeting. And we, we talked it out. And we, we come to a, an answer. And I talked to my son about the fact that no matter if they made a mistake, you still respect them because of their position. And so we went through all that, and my child got dismissed. And when the door closed, we had a come-to-Jesus meeting in that office. And I let them know that this stuff would never, ever happen again. You understand what I'm talking about? That's how Heavenly Father is. Heavenly Father will walk you through this and teach you to correct yourself, teach you to act responsible, teach you to walk in a right way. But I got to tell you something, he's got your back, and he's going to take account of what's going on, and there is going to be punishment that comes because they had the audacity to touch one of his children. But he's going to make you walk right. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes when I see the enemy trying to mess with my, my life or my family, a lot of times I'll stop and i say, do you really want to go here? Because you understand, I'm going to get out of the way and I'm going to let Jesus take care of this. I'm going to let God the Father take care of this. And you've already confronted him once and it didn't end so well with you. So just how much do you want to suffer before I win? Amen. That's good stuff. That's good preaching. Amen. Oh, we, we've, we are not a people left in a vulnerable, weakened position just trying to make it until Jesus comes. When Jesus comes, he's coming after a church, a bride without spot and without wrinkle, a triumphant, victorious church, not a hiding, trembling bunch of people that's scared to death that something's going to happen. I got to tell you something. The church is not going down. The church is going over. We are coming up. We will be a force to be reckoned with in this earth until the day we leave. We are not going to just cower down and disappear. <laughs> All over this world, this world is feeling the effects of the children of God right now. There is revival taking place all over this world, around the globe. There is a move of God that is beyond anything that we can imagine. And this world is seeing the glory of God and through the children of God. And believe me, when I tell you this, 
Europe and America is not going to be left out. We are having a resurgence of God's presence and glory right now. There's a resurgence. There's a revival atmosphere taking place in this nation, and it's starting to spread, and it's starting to grow, and people are starting to get bold, and people are starting to get tired of the garbage that's being spooned out on us every single day, and we're starting to stand up and saying, you know, that's not what we're going to do. Amen. That's not what we're going to do. We're just not going to be that way. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> I want to I want to thank President Obama for saying on national television that this is no longer a Christian nation because he might as well lit a fire under a bunch of people that was being quiet up to that point. But once he said that, all of a sudden we begin to say, "Oh, whoa, whoa, hey." No, 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 no. You don't understand. We're just trying to be nice. But our niceness is about to get really strong. And thank God it has. And people are beginning to rise up. Young people are starting to seek after God by the thousands. It doesn't get reported, but there are stadiums all over this country being packed out by young people, young adults, worshiping God and committing themselves to the Lord. There's a revival taking place right now. There's glory coming upon this nation. We, we, we have not been put out. We've not been put down. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 with me. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Oh, thank God. We have a treasure. You have a treasure inside of you in an earthen vessel. This old clay vessel. It, it, it gives us problems every once in a while. I've been telling God lately he needs to tune up his, his, his vehicle. Hey Amen. You ride in this thing, you need to tune it up. You don't want to be riding around in an old worn-out jalopy. Come on. Tune me up. Hey <laughs> Amen. Grease my joints. Come on, somebody. How many's, how many's with me? Hey Amen. Oh, thank God. You got you to tune up your vehicle, Lord. Praise God. It, it runs out of gas way too much. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. <laughs> we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. We don't crush easy. We might get perplexed, but we don't give up hope. 
No matter what comes against you, you got somebody that's got your back. You got somebody bigger than you are. There's somebody more powerful than you are. You don't have to face this thing in your own strength. You don't have to be strong. You got to let the strength of God be strong inside of you. It isn't about you being able to stand up to it. It's about you being able to kneel and yield to the one that can stand up to it, the one that can win this battle, the one that can overcome and let him fight your battle for you. It's not about you being able to push through. It's about you being able to get the hand of the one that can push this thing through. How many times did things try to overcome the disciples? The storm tried to take them down, but it couldn't sink them. Why? Because Jesus was asleep in the ship. And when he got up, the storm was ceased and peace came up on the waters. Whenever Jesus is in the boat, it don't matter if there's a storm coming against you. You're not going to sink. You're going to float. Amen. So many of us are like, like people that get out of a boat in three-foot water. I've seen this happen more than once. Somebody will get out of, a, out of the boat and their feet go up like this, and they're kicking, they're drowning, kicking, fighting, kicking their feet. because they. And all you have to do is get them to put their feet down. And all of a sudden, they're standing up in what they thought they were sinking in. Come on, somebody. So many of us are out there kicking and fighting in the water, thinking that we're sinking when there's a solid rock right underneath you. And all you need to do is put your feet back down on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. And there's nothing can overcome you. When you walk through the water, it will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, it cannot light upon you. When you're going through the battle, it cannot touch you because you have a power and a strength inside of you that is beyond what is coming against you. Amen. I'm trying to be dignified today. It ain't working. Apostle Paul, he's the one that wrote all this. He's the one that told us, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. I want, I want to read something to you, if I can think of words. Chapter 11, verse 22. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they the ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent, in deaths often. Take that one. In deaths often. <laughs> in deaths <laughs> often. My goodness. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, 
in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily. My deep concern for all the church, who is weak and I am not weak, who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation. If I boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, who knows that I, do, I am not lying, in Damascus the governor under Eretus the king was guarding the city of the of the. Uh, Damascus with a garrison desiring to arrest me, but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hand. This is a guy that wrote most of the New Testament and constantly said, Rejoice. And again, I say, Rejoice. The one that said, Think it not strange, or that's Peter, think it not strange when fiery trials come to try you. But he said, I was, I was in perils. I was hungry. I was shipwrecked in death often. And yet you read Paul and he said, he said, oh, I wouldn't trade anything for this. <laughs> I wouldn't trade anything for this. When it's time for him to go, he was, he was happy. Why? Because he'd already experienced everything there is to experience on this earth. And he had seen the glory of God. Matter of fact, he had already been up to the third heaven and talked with God. And so after that, he said, if I'm absent from this body, it just means I'm present with God. I mean, he had nothing to regret and nothing that, that bothered him because he knew in whatever shape he was in, whatever state he was in, wherever he was at, there was somebody bigger than him that was ready to help in any moment. What Paul was saying was, I was hungry, but they couldn't starve me. I was beaten, but they couldn't beat the praise out of me. Even though they beat me and put me in jail, I still began to sing at the midnight hour. They put me in jail, but the jail couldn't hold me. They stoned me, but the rocks couldn't kill me. They tried to put me down, but I got back up. They tried to put me out, but I came back in. They tried to stop me, but I can't be stopped. I will not be silenced is what Paul was saying. <laughs> Three times I was shipwrecked, but it, the, the water couldn't drown me. I got to tell you something. When you're in the, after the purposes of God, you're going to keep going no matter what tries to run over you. You're going to keep moving. Why? Because God's just going to get you right back up. <laughs> He's going to stand you up. Amen. Time after time, God has stood me back up. Time after time, he stood you back up. How many people in this church should have been dead, but God raised you up and healed you? How many times have we, have we seen the enemy try to take us out and try to stop us, but we cannot be stopped? Oh, listen to me today. We are a people that are moving forward, and many times the enemy will try to step right in our path, but God is always there to push the enemy out of the way and bring victory to us. We don't have to worry about whether we're going to make
wicked because the one that is with us has already been there and he's already made it. He's already got you. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Hallelujah. God stood this body up like a dead corpse in Africa and preached for four days, and, and I wasn't supposed to even be here. And they even said I died on the airplane, but, but I didn't die because I'm here. Why? Because there's somebody inside of me that's not done with this vehicle yet. And whenever the devil tries to put you down, there's a power inside of you, an intrinsic energy that literally comes alive and raises you right back up. He can't put you out. He can't put you down, and he can't stop you. Stand with me today, if you would. <laughs> this thing's been burning inside of me because I know, listen, I know, I know, I know, I know that the body of Christ is getting stronger by the day. We've learned our lessons. We've took our whoopings, and God has trained us, and now it's time for us to step forward. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> we ought to just have a praise Glory break. God. I mean, I'm about, to, I'm about to shout. I'm going to be swinging from these fans here in a minute because I know it's not because I've had it easy. No, it's not been easy. I faced enemies on every side, and most of the time it was me. Oh, come on, somebody. You can shout on that one. You can shout on that one. The greatest enemy you got to face is you. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. If, if God can defeat me, well, he can defeat anybody. If God can whip this old hard, stubborn core and get it to do what he wants it to do, God can do anything. We're always saying, God, you need to do something about these other people. And God said, oh, dear Jesus, I've been trying to help you. i got to get you where I want you to be. He said, they're not a challenge. You are a challenge. Yeah. Come on. Get up. Some of you have been fighting some battles that you feel like is whipping you. But I want you to get up in faith today. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Oh, come on. If, 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 you've, if you feel like the enemy's been running over you, today I want you to know something. It's time for you to climb on top of what's been running over you, and it's time for you to run over it. Amen. Why? Because God, God has given you authority, and he's given you power over all the power of the enemy. Jesus is manifest for this reason, to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. We are standing today in the strength and power of God. Not in our strength. Not in our strength. There's been times I've been utterly amazed how God has worked when I felt so weak that I couldn't even do anything. 
I felt so defeated that I couldn't even stand up. And then, then the manifest presence of God all of a sudden show up and do stuff. And it's like, it's like, yeah, but God, you, you know, I, I wasn't feeling it. How many times have I not felt it, but I got to watch it? Amen. I've laid hands on sick people when I was when I was in bad shape, and I've seen them healed. You say, "Oh, you can't do that." When if you're struggling with something, you gotta you gotta back up and be, you know, because you're defeated at that time. Oh, listen to me. That's when you need to step forward. That's when if you're if you're battling with illness in your body, you need to be laying hands on everybody you lay hands on. Now, if you got the flu, make sure you wash your hands before you do that. Get the sanitizer. Pray for them and then spray it with it. Pray them with it. <laughs> Why? Because the, what the devil wants you to do is give, give up without a fight. He wants you to sit down by yourself instead of stand up in Christ. But you got to stand up. Stand there for Stand there for it. I'm, I'm talking to some people that's having a hard time standing up today, and that's not a shame. I want you to get over the shame. Amen. That's where we. That's where we're brothers and sisters in Christ. That's where we hold each other up. That's where we strengthen one another. Amen. If you got prayed for last week and you're still struggling, get get up, get prayed for again. Stop this shame thing. Get keep after it until you get something. Amen. Don't sit down. Don't give up. Don't don't let don't let this thing. You know. Well, I just don't have any faith. Get off that stuff. Jesus has all the faith you need. Let him start believing for you. Let the Holy Spirit rise up inside you with a gift of faith and start believing for you because you might not be able to do it, but he can do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, how many times have I said, God, I can't do this, and, up, and he up and does it? Come on. Praise God. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. I feel victory in this house today.